0: Welcome to Healing Place Church, where our mission is to be a healing place for a hurting world. Listen each week for updated content and be sure to share with your friends. We hope this podcast is a blessing and a resource to you as you pursue God daily. Oh, praise God. If you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. We are kicking off a new series called Heart of the House. Come on, somebody say Heart of the House. You are in the house. I want you to know the heart of the house. I want you to be dialed into the heartbeat that moves this church forward. And uh, this is going to be a great series. We'll, each week in the month of July, we'll kind of stroll through this. I know we finished a series on family. We talked about what God was doing in your family. Hopefully we equipped you and resourced you to serve your family well. Now I want to talk to you about the family of God. I want to talk to you about what you're a part of. Let me ask you this. Do you remember your first time at HPC? How many of you remember, you still remember your first encounter or your first experience at Healing Place Church? Oh, I love it. I love meeting people and asking them, how did you first get connected to the house? What's your story? Because you know, every Sunday is somebody's first Sunday. Did you know that? We tell our staff that. You know, sometimes people, maybe you've been at church for 10 years or 15 years or 20 years. Maybe this is your very first experience with the HPC family. I love hearing people's stories. I talk to people all the time. I say, how did you first come to Healing Place? They say, well, I was driving down the road and I saw a group of red shirts at the intersection." and they were giving something away. I didn't know if they were selling something or what, but I didn't want to look at them, but I looked at them. And I rolled down my window, and they were giving away water. And I'm like, okay, well, what's the, what's the catch? Surely there's a string attached. And they say, hey, we're giving this small gift with no strings attached. And people say, I got to find out what's going on with that crazy group of red shirts. And they come to the church. Uh, I talked to a family several months ago. They said that their first encounter, they were at the movies during the Christmas holidays. And you know how before a movie starts, they, they show trailers of other movies? Well, we had some HPC advertising that we showed at the movie theater. And so while they were there with their family at the holidays, watching a movie, they saw our commercial. And the wife leaned over to the husband and said, we need to get back in church. Let's go to that church. I remember talking several years ago to one guy who lives in this area off of Highland Road, and he said, Pastor, I just got so frustrated with the traffic jam on Highland Road. I was so mad at that church, and I was telling all my friends, stay away from Highland Road on Sundays because you will get caught in the traffic. And he said one Sunday he found himself caught in the traffic, and a sheriff's deputy waved him onto property gave him no choice, but waved him onto the campus. He said, well, I figure I might as well go check out all these people that are frustrating my Sundays. He said, and I haven't missed a Sunday since. Come on, somebody. I love what he's doing in the house. I talked to a guy last Sunday right down here in the altars after service, and he said, Pastor, I just got kicked out of my dad's house because I have an addiction problem. I was looking for a place to stay, and I ended up uh, just kind of crashing at my sister's house for the weekend, and I knew I needed to get in church. And he said, I had plans to go to another church across town, but when I drove down Highland Road, I saw this church, and something told me to just pull over and check it out. And this was last Sunday. He said it was the 4th of July, And you were preaching on freedom, and I knew I needed to be free. And so I came to the front to get prayed for, and God has delivered me from drug addiction. Come on, somebody. How did you first get connected to what God was doing in this house? I want to talk to you about our vision, okay? I want to talk to you about the vision of this church. I, and I've told this to you before. My story is a little unique. I, I remember my first experience at Healing Place Church. It was actually Trinity Christian Center back in the day. It was in the early 90s. I, and my family was going through some craziness. My parents had just been divorced. The church that we were a part of had a lot of challenges and went through a split and so between my family and my faith I was a young man in crisis and so I called the only pastor that I trusted at the time and that was my youth pastor and I said Pastor Dino what am I going to do he says well we're starting a church on Highland Road a healing place for a hurting world and you know when he said that it just felt like home And there's something to be said when you walk into a space and a place and you feel like family. How many of you, you want to go where you're celebrated and not where you're tolerated? Come on, talk to me. This is a house. This is a space. The the, the heartbeat of this house is, is for you and for your family, that you can be a part of something bigger than yourself. I want you to know I love this church. I love this spiritual family. It is such an honor to play a small part in the big work that God is doing in you. And I know the part that I play is small compared to what I'm a part of. And so through this series, The Heart of the House, I want to peel back the curtain. As your pastor, I want to show you the heart that's in this house and what you and I can be a part of. Ephesians chapter two, verse 19. And I I love the house. My parents taught me to love the house of God. I pray that my kids love the church. How many of you know it's important to love what God loves? And, And God loves his church. Jesus said, Upon this rock, I will build my church. Guess whose house this is? It's not mine, it's his. Come on. And I want to love the things that he loves. Ephesians 2 gives us a great, and I love the message version of this set of verses, starting with verse 19. Look at what it says here. It says, God is building a home. How many of you know God is into construction? He likes to build things, He's building His church. He's building his people. The Bible says God is building a home and he's using us all, irrespective of how we got here. You know what I'd love to do today? If we had time, I'd love to take a microphone and just let you pass it around. And you tell the whole church how you first got connected to HPC. How many of you might be a little intimidated by that? Yeah, I I just love here. Notice what it says here. He is using us all irrespective of how we got here and what he's building. He first used the apostles and prophets for the foundation, but now he's using you. Fitting, watch this, fitting you in brick by brick Stone upon stone. Listen, I'm just one brick. I can't do much by myself, but you stack some bricks together, put a little mortar of the Holy Ghost, and you got something. Brick by brick, stone by stone, with Christ Jesus as the cornerstone that holds all the parts together. How many of you know Jesus is the cornerstone? That's what makes all of this go. It's not the lights. It's not the show. It's not the creativity. Man, it is the presence of Jesus in this house. Jesus Christ, the cornerstone that holds all the parts together. We see it taking shape day after day. A holy temple built by God. All of us. Come on, somebody say all of us. All of us built into it. A temple in which God is quite. At home, can I have an amen for the reading of the word? Now, what I want to give you today is the the vision. What we read, man, my heart, it just resonates with my spirit to be a part of a group that's making a difference in the earth, to be able to share and encourage, to be able to trust and be loved, to celebrate and be celebrated. I think the world is starving for what you and I get to enjoy as a church, as the body of Christ. In this house, we have a specific thumbprint. I know there's so many great churches across this community and really all over the world. But what are the things, what's the thumbprint of HPC? We are a healing place for a hurting world. I want to give you those four things, healing, place, hurting world that's going to be the framework of this message if you're taking notes number one write down the word healing and beside that put this we believe in the supernatural this is what you need to know about our house and what you need to know about this spiritual family we believe in the supernatural now i know modern theologians will tell us that the day of miracles is gone I know there's a lot of cynicism. There's, you know, there are arguments. Oh, well, I don't believe in faith. I'm, I'm not a faith kind of guy. I believe in science. I believe in science. Follow the science. Listen, and I thank God for science. I just think science confirms what we already know God's word to say. But you need to know about this house. We believe in miracles. We believe in the supernatural. The, the theologians, modern theology will say, oh, well, the day of miracles is over. <laughs> Somebody forgot to tell that to Jesus. Because how many of you know that everything connected to Jesus is supernatural? I mean, th- think about this. The way Jesus was brought into this earth, he was born of a virgin. Miracle. Miracle never happened before and it hasn't happened since. The way that he came into this earth was supernatural. His ministry, not only was it powerful teaching, but he would open blinded eyes. The lame would walk. Those that were bound would be set free. He would literally raise the dead. Everything about Jesus' ministry was supernatural. Even his resurrection on the third day when Jesus rose from the dead. Everything connected to Jesus is supernatural. Even the work that That he does within the human heart. Let me ask you this. How many of you, you know, not based on what somebody told you, but based on what you have experienced yourself, you know that God still works miracles. How many of you, God's healed you in your body? Maybe you had a physical condition, a sickness. There was something that you couldn't control. The doctor said one thing and you sought the help of the great physician. Man, how many of you, God's done a work, he's done something supernatural in your children? You, you can see that. Man, you prayed for that son or that grandson. You, you see the hand of God on, on your children. How many, how many of you, you've had a financial breakthrough, a miracle in your finances? Yeah, when you were broke like no joke. Come on, somebody. And the, the math didn't make sense, but you always had what you needed by the end of the month. Come on. How many of you, the fact that you're married is a miracle? <laughs> And all the married folks said, Yes, Lord. Maybe I should frame it this way How many of you, the fact that you're still married is a miracle? Yes, indeed. The fact that you're in church is a miracle. Transformation. You know, today at this campus alone, we will baptize over 110 people. They go down in the water that signifies, I'm dead to my past. They come up, which represents new life in Christ. I mean, God's changed the way you think. He changes the way you walk, you talk, you act, your values. That is not humanly engineered. This is a house of miracles. We believe in healing. Somebody say healing. Healing, healing in every sense of the word. Healing not just for your body, but healing for your soul. Thank God for Habitat for Humanity, the United Way and the Red Cross. But this is the church the vehicle in which God ushers in the gospel throughout the earth. One of the anchor verses for us as a church is Ephesians 3.20. Ephesians 3.20, the Bible says, now to him who is able. Somebody say, God is able. He's able to do exceedingly abundantly above. Come on. Not just a little bit, but he can do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask. How many of you can ask for some big things? How many of you can think even bigger things? He can do exceedingly, abundantly above all that you ask or think according to the power that's at work in us. We believe. This is a house where miracles happen. When you become a part of the HPC family, you step into a realm of faith. Now, you know what? What does it take to receive a miracle? A problem. How many of you got some big problems right now? Well, you're a great candidate for a miracle. When you can't do it in your own strength and it requires something bigger than you. You see, I believe when you come to HPC, we expect the presence of God to transform your life. There is a sense of expectation. Do you sense that when you walk in? Do you sense that when you log in and maybe you're watching together? Uh, This is a realm of faith. I believe that the common denominator that every growing church has is simply this, leadership that's not afraid to believe God. We believe God for your situation. Now, maybe your circumstances are against you, but God is for you. And he can do exceedingly, abundantly above. I'm reminded of the story of a little boy that went into a candy shop. His eyes were so big, and he saw all this candy displayed everywhere. And the owner sees the little boy, and he says, listen, young man, come here. I want to tell you, you can have free candy today. Whatever you can scoop out with one hand is yours. I don't tell this to everybody, but you can have free candy today. The boy was so excited, free candy. He said, I'm going to let you help yourself. Well, the boy didn't do anything. He just kind of stood there. So the owner thought, well, maybe he didn't hear me. Let me repeat myself. It's for free. You don't have to pay. Whatever you scoop out is yours. Have at it. The boy still didn't move. The owner was confused. He said, well, what's the problem? I've never seen a kid turn down free candy. And the boy said, well, I want the candy, but I want you to scoop it out for me. Because your hands are bigger than mine. (laughs) Come on. How many know that little boy? He knew something. Guess what? God's hands are bigger than yours. God's plans are bigger for you than yours. And I believe the hand of God can reach down into your life and scoop out a miracle for you if you need it. Job chapter 5, verse 9, the Bible says this God does great things. Somebody say great things. He does great things, too marvelous to understand, and he performs countless miracles. Do you know, you can't even, count. it's not like God is rationing out miracles because they're in short supply. There's no scarcity in heaven. Can I have a good amen? Oh, we've got to save, oh, well, let's save that miracle because I'm not sure if I can do that again. Can I tell you this? Jesus did it then, he can do it again. And people are desperate for healing. A lady sent me an email a while back. She said this. She said, last year, I typed the word healing into iTunes, and HPC appeared. After listening to a message, I decided to subscribe. Then I started listening to old messages from a couple of years ago, working through the recent ones every single night. You know, you've always been able to encourage me since then. In spite of my pain, you put a smile on my face. You made me laugh with your humor. I just thought and prayed, Lord, Would you please bless this wise, funny black guy and give him a long life so that more people will be blessed by his preaching? Well, today I found you on YouTube and I was shocked. (laughs) Good Lord, I said, this black guy speaking and humming is trapped in a white man's body. (laughs) I wasn't expecting that. I was picturing a Will Smith type of guy when I listened to your podcast. <laughs> I just want to thank you so much for your ministry, for the teaching, the, the love and the compassion. May God continue to bless you and the HPC family. Come on, can you put your hands again? Isn't that awesome? Come on, somebody say healing. We believe in the supernatural. Number two, place. Come on, say the word Place place there is room in this house for you place there's room here for you there's space in this family for you now i know that there are certain stereotypes that are connected to big churches some some people call them mega churches honestly i just oh i cringe when i hear the word mega church You know, I don't think we're a mega church. I think we're a local church with a mega vision. We have a big, big vision that one city can't contain. Come on, talk to me. But I know there's some thoughts when it comes to big church. And, you know, maybe you've heard, you know, you talk to friends. I can't go to that church. No, there's a certain myth connected to mega church that says you can't build relationships in a house this big. Oh, you'll never know anybody. You'll just get lost In the crowd, I'll just be another face. They won't even miss me if I I don't show up. Two things. Can I tell you two things? Number one, you need what's in this house. Number two, this house needs what's inside of you. You have a gift, a talent, an ability that God has placed in you, and we want to help you discover what that is because we won't be all we're supposed to be unless you're using what God has placed inside of you. You see, this is a place and a space for you. We want to be big enough to serve you, but small enough to know you. Big enough to reach the world, but small enough to feel like home. And it's our desire at HPC that you find your place in this house. You know, in 2 Samuel chapter 9, David is is the, the king of Israel at the time. And he just stepped into this leadership role of the nation of Israel. And he asked a question. He says, is there anyone still alive in Saul's family? Many of you know that King Saul was the first king of Israel, and Saul, for many years, tried to kill David. David was living as a fugitive, though he carried the anointing to be king. When Saul and his sons died in battle, then David rose to the throne, and it was custom in that day, when a king would come to power, that he would kill all of his enemies, So there would be no threat to his leadership to secure his kingdom in his future. And so a lot of times these new kings would put to death any sons or grandsons of the previous uh, regime. And so David asked this question, is there anyone from Saul's family that's still alive? Look at what it says in 2 Samuel 9 verse 5. David sent for him and brought him from Maker's home. His name was Mephibosheth. He was Jonathan's son and Saul's grandson. When he came to David, he bowed low to the ground in deep respect. And David said, Greetings, Mephibosheth. And Mephibosheth replied, I am your servant. Now let me stop right here. At this moment, Mephibosheth thinks he's going to die because that was the rule, the custom, the tradition of the day. Watch what David says in verse 7 Don't be afraid. I intend to show kindness to you because of my promise to your father, Jonathan, and I will give you all the property that once belonged to your grandfather, Saul. And you know what? You're going to eat here with me at the king's table. And from that time on, Mephibosheth ate regularly at David's table, like one of the king's own sons. David said, look, Here's what I want. I'm going to give you everything that your grandfather owned, and then I want to give you a place at my table. You're going to eat with me like you're part of my family. Now, the Bible says that Mephibosheth was crippled in his feet, but when Mephibosheth was seated at the table, the table covered his crippledness. And you looked at David's sons, and he looked just like one of the sons. I want you to know, whatever your your handicap may be, Whatever your deficit may be, maybe there's some things in your life that you're not proud of, there's a place at the table here for you. This is a table of grace. Come on, somebody. Aren't you glad that you're not an outcast? But but you can belong, you can be a part of. It's so important to me that, that you, you connect not just to God, but you're connected to spiritual family. Uh, listen to me. If there's ever a time our culture needed the church... It's now. Uh, I, I know the last 16 months have been unprecedented globally. I mean, we've never seen anything quite like this in our lifetime. People's habits have changed during the pandemic. I mean, we shop differently now, don't we? We eat. Our restaurant experience is different now, isn't it? I mean, even work, some of us we work remote now. I mean, everything seems to be changing. Even church attendance changes i'm so thankful for our online campus i'm so thankful for those that they can't be here physically but they feel a part of the family i'm grateful for technology but it tells me this one thing that remains the same is our need for god and our need for spiritual family can i have a better amen you know what? And social media, it could, be a, it could be an interesting thing. It could be a confusing thing. You know, they say the average person will consume 90 hours a week of social media and online entertainment. 90 hours a week. You know how long a church service lasts on a Sunday? 75 minutes. Can I tell you, 75 minutes versus 90 hours a week. How many of you know we are desperate for God and the, and the, the need for his family? We need truth. We need one another. Uh, I, I talked to a guy the other day. He said, well, I don't go to church because I don't trust preachers. <laughs> like, well, I kind of don't either. Uh, sorry, but I am one. You know, I don't go to church. I don't trust preachers. He says, I just, I just watch it on TV. Just me and Jesus watching church on TV, which is great. If you can't physically get to the house of God, I'm not saying that you shouldn't watch it on TV, but I am saying this, if you can get to the house of God, you need to be a part of spiritual family. But because what happens when you get sick and you're in the hospital, TV preacher ain't coming to see you. I I thank God for Joel Osteen, I love him. (laughs) I pray one day I can be as happy as Joel Osteen. I I just love to see him get angry one time. How many love to see him just get mad pitch a fit? I'd feel better about myself if he got stuck in traffic and just kinda threw a tantrum. I love Joel, I thank God for T.D. Jakes, man. And 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 that dude can preach and it's powerful. But listen, you get sick and in a hospital, Joel Osteen's not coming to see you. If you have a crisis in your marriage, T.D. Jakes is not gonna counsel you, come on somebody. If your teenager is having issues and you need to sit down and talk to somebody, you need spiritual family. Can I have a good amen? Man, it's God through the church. We are, we believe in miracles, healing, but we're also a place. We're a gathering. Number three, check this out. Healing place, number three, hurting. This is who God has called us to reach: the hurting. You need to know that about this house, that we are not a museum of perfect people, but we're a hospital for broken people. I want you to hear that. Get that in your spirit. You don't have to clean yourself up to come to church. You come just as you are. (laughs) How many of you are thankful that the grace of God meets you right where you are? All of your craziness, your brokenness, your selfishness, your, 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 your insufficiencies. Man, you, you just bring it all in here. You know what? This is a space and a place where you can be connected to a family, but our mission is to reach those that are hurting. If you're hurting, you are welcome here. Jesus said this in Luke chapter five, verse 31. Jesus answered them. He was being criticized for hanging out with a guy named Matthew who was a tax collector. This guy, you know, tax collectors, they were dishonest, they were hated, they they, they were involved in all these criminal activities, they made themselves rich off the backs of their own Jewish brothers. And Jesus looked at Matthew and says, hey, I want you on my team. (laughs) Don't you love that about Jesus? He doesn't choose the who's who of the Christian zoo. He chooses messed up people like you and me. Come on. Aren't you glad God chose you to be a part of his team? You know, there's some days I don't feel like I was a good choice, but I'm glad God still chose me. He said, Matthew, I want you on my team. And so Matthew left everything to follow Jesus. And then he said, you know what? I want to throw a party. Jesus, you're going to be the guest of honor. I'm going to invite all of my tax collecting friends, all of these sinners, these sinners, Somebody told me one time, he said, Mike, you know what they say about Healing Place? I'm like, what do they say about Healing Place? That that's the church of sinners. (laughs) I was like, man, praise God. I found my people. Sinners saved by grace. Man, you're having a party and now all the, the Pharisees now are criticizing Jesus for hanging out with sinners. Here's what Jesus says. He answered them, verse 31, healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. I've come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners and they need to repent. Can I have a good amen? Oh, man. Jesus came for the down and out. He came for the up and out. He came for those who can't figure it out. Come on, talk to me. Jesus is for everyone, and this is a house for those who are broken. Can I tell you something? When you bring healing to those that are hurting, It can be messy business sometimes. Can I tell you this? Hurting people hurt people. This auditorium, those of you watching online, this is a space filled with a lot of hurts, habits, hangups. We don't always get it right. And sometimes when you're hurting, you lash out in pain. Where there's heat, there's hurt. Somebody says something or does something. Now, listen, I'm not condoning mistreating one another, but I am saying this. When you're a hospital for people that are hurting, you have to have patience with people. Patience. Come on, somebody say patience. You got to have some patience. Look, Rachel, this past week, she had, have you ever had sciatic nerve issues? How many have ever had sciatic pain? Oh, dear Lord. That will shut your world down. She's, she was hurting so bad this week. Her, her world is shut down. Guess who else's world is shut down? <laughs> right here. We're supposed to go on vacation. She, we'd already booked the hotel. And I'm like, babe, do, do I need to cancel? Can you make a go of it? Say, so, okay, I'm going to try. I'm going to try. So Trevor and I are loading her up in the car. I mean, it's like, it's like we got her on a gurney. It, we felt like EMT. I mean, we, we put the seats down. Man, we loaded her in. Got a little stepladder in case we need to help her get out. And Man, she's moving slow. When you're having nerve issues, everything slows down. Ordinary tasks are extremely difficult. Some of you are having sciatic of the soul. Come on, talk to me. You don't just say, oh, get better. Oh, come on, step to it. Come on, hurry up, get yourself together. Listen, when you come into this house, we take our time with you. It requires some patience. You know what else it requires? Unselfishness. Rachel's like, oh, can you help me out of bed? I'm like, huh, okay. Can you get the massage gun? I need the massage, okay. Trevor, where's the massage gun? Okay, can you, I need an ice pack for my back. I'm like, oh, Lord. (laughs) Okay, sure, I'd be happy to. I mean, you got to die to yourself. Come on, can I tell you this? When you come to this family, I want you to know, it's not about you. Can I say that again? You can't be selfish and bring healing to somebody else that's hurting. You got to die to yourself. It takes patience. It takes unselfishness. It takes a little perseverance. But you know what? There's a great anointing. God wants to bring healing, and he will anoint people that are committed to bring healing to others. Think about this. Jesus, it took him 30 years just to start his ministry. 30 years old. Somebody say slow. 30 years to start his ministry. And you know what he did while he was in ministry? He washed his disciples' feet. Somebody say low. You guess what? You got to take it slow, and you got to be willing to go low. If what you're doing is requiring you to be more than what Jesus was, then you're not doing the right things. You got to slow down. You got to be willing to descend and to step into somebody's pain. That's what this house is about. We believe in the supernatural. Somebody say healing. We believe there's room for you. Somebody say place. Uh, we believe We believe in, in, in the hurting. That's our mission as a church. But then the last thing, world, number four, world, I want to close on this. The world, this is where God has called us to go. God has called us to go to the world. You need to know this about this church. We have a global mandate. We are a local church with a mega vision to bring healing to the world. Guess what? That means we're, we're going to have to stretch in the way that we think. We're going to have to enlarge. We're going to have to get bigger in some areas of our lives because there's a world filled with precious people that are going through terrible pain and they are desperate for the gospel. And God has put you and me here for such a time as this. 7.8 billion, I want you to listen to this. 7.8 billion people in the world. Somebody say, that's a lot of toothpaste right there. That's a lot of toothpaste. 7.8 billion people. Okay, 2.4 billion of those individuals name the name of Christ. Now, whether they're true believers or not, only God knows, but they say they're a Christian. So out of 7.8, only 2.4 billion are followers of Christ. That means they're like 5.4 billion unchurched people living in Darkness without any hope. Do you know what that number looks like? 5.4 billion people. If you were to take an individual and have them holding hands, forming a line, you know how how many lines, how many times that would wrap around the globe? It would be 225 lines around the world. That's what 5.4 billion looks like. And guess what? God loves every single one. And we have a mission as a church. We have a mandate, but we serve a big God. It's going to take mega resources. It's going to take ordinary people like you and me committed to bring light in darkness to do something about that 225. 225 lines of lost humanity. And God said, I put Healing Place Church on the map for such a time as this. Amen.